welcome to another episode of the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. With me on the podcast is Dr. Susan Blount, Vice President of Scientific and Regulatory Affairs for Mars Incorporated. Today, we're talking about food integrity, food fraud, and adulteration, and what Dr. Blount and her team are doing to ensure consumers throughout the world have safer foods. We kick things off talking about what food integrity is and what it isn't, and what companies like Mars are doing to ensure a safe food system. We take a deeper dive into regulations across the world when it comes to the misrepresentation of food and how that plays into the global supply chain. We also address issues pertaining to consumer trust and how Mars is working with its partners for more consistent harmonization as well as the technologies that are available to detect fraudulent foods. We cap things off talking about the Mars Global Food Safety Center, as well as whether better detection methods or more regulations are more important when it comes to food fraud. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. So excited to have everyone on today. Let's open up the conversation by first talking about food integrity. Can you explain what food integrity is and perhaps what it isn't? Yeah, thank you for having me and uh, to be able to talk about a topic that's really, really important to us um, as a food manufacturer. So perhaps I can start with a bit of an anecdote. So the Food Standards Agency um, in the UK did um, some analysis some time ago now, but they actually looked at basmati rice, obviously a premium product uh, sold in the UK um, for whether it was basmati rice or not. And what they found was, you know, quite scarily, over half of the product being sold actually had been contaminated or diluted with inferior long grain rice. So that just gives you, that's just one data point, but again, quite a scary one. And so, you know, when we think about, you know, what food integrity is and isn't, it, for us, you know, making food and having a relationship with people who buy our food is it's really important that it's safe and it's really important that it's authentic. Um, And increasingly, you know, we're now, very aware as well that actually it needs to respect the environment um, and be sustainable. So that's a little bit about what food integrity is to us. And it's also really the basis of our relationship with the people who buy our products. Uh, They don't probably tend to think about food integrity. It's not something we want them to worry about. But what what it isn't and when it goes wrong is actually we start then to see food that is, you know, it might be an economically motivated adulteration. So again, you know, diluting a premium product with a cheaper one. We see that a lot also in spices. Or it may have religious consequences. So selling, you know, claiming halal products, which aren't halal. And then there's, I guess, the, the sort of the final level gets you to the situation where actually you might end up with food that isn't actually safe because of the adulteration that, that's taken place. So you may have 
you know, undeclared allergens, which obviously start to, you know, they're all really, really important in terms of sort of food integrity, but obviously there are layers of consequence for the consumer. And all of this costs the, the food industry, you know, about 30 billion euros a year. You know, this is a really big issue for us to tackle. How can a company like Mars and perhaps the industry as a whole ensure food integrity? That's a great question. And Mars has a big global footprint um, of raw materials. So we buy uh, you know, over 8 million tons of raw materials from many geographies to go into our you know, vast product range. So we have an opportunity as an individual company and also with our peer companies and you know as a whole industry to help shape both the regulatory environment in which we operate to have the lens of what's actually going on in the food industry and what we're seeing um, in terms of our specifications our supplier quality assurance programs that we have in place to make sure that you know our suppliers are giving us what we're asking for, um, you know, for the, for the country in which we're making product and, and really sort of working together to, in this sort of food safety space, which we consider pre-competitive, to share knowledge and work together, both to sort of identify the risks that we see and also the solutions that we're all working on to raise the bar for everybody. And it's really important to do that because we now live in a world with very complicated global supply chains. We're moving lots of raw materials and products over many geographies and jurisdictions, which gives consumers great choice. But we want to keep advancing the sort of supply chain integrity so that we really can you know, continue to invest for a better world for everyone uh, tomorrow. Let's talk a little bit about food fraud and adulteration. And regulations vary across the world regarding misrepresentation of food. You brought one up a little earlier. It seems like that might have an impact on the global supply chain. And again, you just talked about that a little bit. Are you seeing that right now at Mars? And then a really quick follow-up to that question. Are there ways we can ensure or work toward guaranteeing more consistency when it comes to regulating how food is represented or I guess rather misrepresented? Yes. When it comes to different regulations in different geographies, absolutely it impacts the supply chain. And it's important that, you know, again, as a food manufacturer, we understand the different regulations, the different environments. Um, you know, and what that actually means um, for those countries. So food integrity you know, isn't really regulated per se, but what we see is some regulators setting criteria for authenticity of, of their products, you know, what is and isn't allowed you know, in a raw material in terms of preservation and sort of farming techniques. So there are, you know, there are, regulations and regulatory controls in place and you know one of the things that you know one of the tools that we can have is to try and drive harmonization of those regulations again you know we talked about raising the bar so
So, you know, if we can remove some of the differences in regulated controls, then it enables, you know, a more of a level playing field and, and a, safe, um, a safe supply chain for everybody. One of the other tools that we have, um, you know, to tackle food fraud, obviously, is the other end of the spectrum, which is then the sort of the testing methodologies. So, you know, what testing we can do to see whether, you know, products are authentic, um, you know, and actually to allow us to, to move products safely um, around the world. So we, we need, you know, regulation on its own can't um, do the job. But it is important because every time we have an issue, you know, we erode trust with our consumers. You know, we, we erode trust in food. So it is, you know, that's really the power of working together um, to, to drive those tools. So, so when we talk about, um, you know, sort of moving to a more um, sort of consistent harmonization, there are a number of external partners that we as Mars and many other partners work with. So Codex, you know, who work um, to drive safe, safe regulations um, globally and also, um, you know, to, 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 to you know, facilitate trade. Um, and then, you know, the AOAC have a part to play. They, they look after sort of global methodology. And so they establish standards for food safety and the med methods by which, you know, we can, we can demonstrate and all use them. So if we can get globally recognized best practices on how we sample, how we analyze products and the reference databases we use, that really starts to unlock you know, the war on people who commit fraud and help us maintain standards of identity. And it's not without challenge because there are incidents where as we start to collect data and put it into databases, it is important that we understand what we're collecting. Um, there was an example where Tesco were required to withdraw what was perceived as some fraudulent honey because it didn't match the reference sample in the database. And actually, what transpired was it didn't match that particular um, sample in the database, but actually it wasn't a fraudulent sample. Um, and actually, the, the comparison, the database comparison, just wasn't sufficiently extensive. So, you know, it's a learning process. It's an iterative process. Um, you know, and the more we can work together to, to elevate that you know, sort of integrity in the data, then again, it, you know, it's much more powerful than any one actor working by themselves. Can you tell me more about how food fraud is detected? Um, what kind of technology exists to detect this sort of thing? Yes, so when it comes to trying to detect food fraud, it's, it's really making sure we have the right techniques for the right occasion. So at the sort of farm level and you know, relatively crude techniques, you can use spectroscopy, which, which basically means taking an analysis of your sample and seeing if it matches what you expect to see. Um, and that you know, is, is a relatively cheap, um, cheap analytical method. And as I said, can be applied to sort of handheld devices now so that people in the field can do those tests, um, you know, on the ground. And that gives you 
a blunt instrument really it, it sort of tells you you may have a problem you may have something that's different it doesn't really tell you any more than that but it gives you that weak signal and then what you then can do is actually go to more advanced analytical techniques um, at the Mars Global Food Safety Center which we invested in about you know not quite a decade ago to conduct research into food safety one of the priority research areas we have there is food fraud and we are working with more sophisticated spectrometry fingerprinting techniques so in the same way we have fingerprints that are unique to us it's possible to look at again if we, if we think about rice you know such an important commodity there are fingerprinting techniques that we've developed in conjunction with Agilent Technologies and Queen's University Belfast to look at fingerprinting techniques for rice and it can get down to a level that can tell you you know if, if you're claiming your rice is from the Guangzhou region it can tell you whether it is or actually whether it came from another region such as Chengdu so that technique really can get much more sophisticated and give you a lot of trust in whether you've got the rice that you think you've got and again that then means you can sort of sell that to the consumer and have a really you know a really good relationship because you have absolute trust that what you say your product is um, it actually is what it is when it comes to detecting food fraud which do you feel is more important developing better detection methods or developing more regulations and can you speak to the pros and cons of each I think that's a great question and it's a big challenge um, and I work in uh, in regulatory affairs as I said so for me having regulation it's really really important because the regulation sets it sets a tone it sets a culture by which everything else is built on and it, it sets that framework um, you know that really sets you up for success so it's really important that we have you know a very robust regulatory framework with which to manage um, you know the vast challenges we have within our supply chain but it on its own it, it can't do everything so it can be very challenging for regulators to just keep up with the sheer number of you know products that are moving around the world um, in real time and we also need to continue to provide regulators with you know evidence um, you know to to um, to be able to conduct their enforcement to give them the tools to be able to potentially drive to prosecution so you know what's also important is that we have the analysis that goes with that um, so I think the better the methods we have the quicker we can get that initial weak signal and the you know the more advanced we can get in terms of being able to detect what's going on they're both really really important and one without the other doesn't really work so as I say they're both really important for the food industry and again you know Mars is we are conducting you know exploring ways of you know looking at new authentication protocols we're looking at new tools like artificial intelligence to help us identify trends and weak signals 
and then you know as i said before working in partnership with you know with ngos and academics to share that information so um yeah they're both really important and they both do an important job are you able to speak on any new initiatives mars is working on as it relates to food integrity food fraud and adulteration yes let me give you a little bit of a perspective of what we're doing and this is really you know what gets me out of bed in the morning you know this is why i do my job and why i love working with people at the global food safety center and working with collaborators because i think we have an opportunity together to to really drive this forward so we, we have a couple of things that we're really focusing on one is you know the future of digital so how do we take data um, and digital solutions and really you know, unlock some of the challenges that we have um, in remote parts of the world. And, you know, just as we said before, data is our friend if we use it wisely. So starting to look at how to share information, how to, um, you know, sort of build robust databases so that we can all benefit from, you know, the huge amounts of data that everybody is collecting. So that's one focus area. And then I think the other thing that's really, really important is horizon scanning. So the ability to look beyond today, you know, we, we talked about the importance of regulation and, you know, we have enforcement in the moment, but we need to start to anticipate what's coming. So we're also very invested in technology to look at how we scan horizon for, you know, um, you know, both sort of the science and the regulation and increasingly, the, you know, the consumer perception of science so that we can start to think about what are the things that are coming, um, you know, on the horizon that will be relevant to us and the products we make. And of course, the challenges of climate change, they are really putting stresses and strains on the global um, supply chain and the raw materials. And so as we see fluctuations in supply and price, being able to monitor, you know, the impact of, of what might happen and what that might drive is really important. So they're just a couple of things that, you know, we're working on um, and sharing with others to really try and, and sort of proactively anticipate what are some of the things that may be coming um, that will also affect us so we can get ahead of that curve and tackle some of that, you know, that big number we talked about um, at the beginning of this call. You know, this, this really is a big industry um, in terms of fraud. And if we can tackle it more proactively, we can really start to move the needle and make some, some big successes, which means that we can then, you know, really shore up the trust that our consumers have in the food industry. And the products, you know, we know and love, and we love to, love to make for all our consumers. Well, Susan, you provided so much information. Um, I want to thank you. This was an absolutely fantastic and informative episode and so excited to have had you on today. And I just want to say thank you for joining me today on the Food for Thought podcast. Uh, it was my pleasure.
for everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.